What's up, Podcast World? Chad Belling, another episode. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you all so much for riding along with us. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you again by our friends out of the great state of Tennessee, Lynchburg, Tennessee, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels, America. I've had many fine nights in Nashville and Memphis and other places in Tennessee with Jack Daniels, whether it was a breakup, whether it was a party, whether it's good times, enjoy it responsibly, be safe on it, use it in moderation, never let any underage drinking take place. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for believing in us and letting us bring the podcast to you. I'm fired up about today's guest. He's from the state of California. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his fiance Summer now. They just got engaged in October of 2019. John Party, how are you, my man? Good. Real good. What are you up to? Well, I just did another podcast for you about songwriting, and then um, I fertilized my lawn today, and then it rained. And now <laughs> somebody's working on my tractor. So it was perfect time to fertilize, huh? It was perfect time, man. I, I knew it was going to dump water, so I fertilized. I mean, it's a big lawn, so three bags later, three 50-pound bags. It's all gone, but it hit. I mean, it came down like I was watering the lawn. It couldn't be better. That's awesome. In this time of quarantine party, are you finding you're, you love to work out? You're in good shape. You and Summer work out together. You have trainers. You work out when you're on the road. You have a routine. Has the quarantine got you out of that routine a little bit? And are you finding a reason to day drink a little bit earlier during the weekdays? Oh, and I don't, are you day drinking right now? I don't know I'm if you are right not. now, man. <laughs> Is it, is it, has it happened to you too? Are you sticking to your workout regimen or are you finding, or is it, is it quite the opposite where you're just living on the land and having a cocktail here and there? Are you staying pretty, pretty consistent and disciplined with your working out also? No, I work out every day. My trainer comes out to the house. I got a a really nice home gym. I mean, it's not, it's not really a home gym. It's, I got, I, through the years I've got like a TRX bands and I have two, um, two pairs of both flex uh, weights that go up to 55 pounds and to five and, and uh, came up on a squat rack and um, some lower back thing. I forget what it was called from rogue from a guy I was getting rid of it. So I got kind of a really nice gym and a bar and like a home gym. And I've been working out every day and out here on the ranch, you I mean, we're working all the time. And so our we start drinking, it's kind of like our reward that we worked hard and we're going to sit here and have some beers and look at the grass remote, the logs we chopped, the, the woods we cleared, you know. And um, I spread grass yesterday. I spread some fescue yesterday too. So it's just, you know, it's nonstop out here. It just depends how much work you want to do. And that's the lifestyle that you, when you were growing up, is, is that, was that kind of instilled in you, the work ethic? Do you, do you credit your dad and mom and the work ethic that was instilled in you as a kid growing up in California, you went to high school in California, you started writing songs. And I remember having a conversation with you at the palace one night, you're writing songs when you're like 12 or 14 or something and started a band. And then you get out of high school and you move across the country to Nashville. Do you, do you credit that work ethic instilled in you to, to, to your success on the stage, the songwriting, the hits, and your ability to get up and work a farm and the ranch and, and that lifestyle? For sure. I mean, my dad has a lot to do with that, and I'm glad to have my mom in me too because, hell, my dad can't sleep, but my mom can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the best of both worlds. But no, seniors, I call them senior because we're both named John. If you say John around us, we both turn around and go, huh? 
And uh, so that's why I nicked him senior. But senior's taught me a lot. And, you know, he's, you know, YouTube or seniors, phone call or, or looking up something on YouTube is a big help. And there's always some guy on there that will show you how to do little things, you know. Um, but no, senior had come out here and we've done a lot of work and um, it's been fun, man. I mean, um, sponsored by Case Construction and that's been amazing. Uh, we got two excavators, a dozer, and a, a, they call them a compact track loader, same as a skid steer. It's out here. And I bought a mulcher and, <clears throat> and a hydro axe, but not a high flow one and uh, a grapple bucket. And I got a big case farm tractor too. So there's lots, lots going on. I got a no-till drill. I'm going to plant some soybeans here in May. And I got all kinds of plans now. I'm off the road. How many acres are you on there in Tennessee now? With uh, both places. So <clears throat> I got 14 where my house is at. And then down the road, not too far as 40. And are you far with the soybeans and stuff? Are you talking for deer when it comes to that? For whatever, you know, maybe some edamame. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are are you a sushi guy? I do love we had sushi last night. It was great. <clears throat> take take out? Take out. Where's your favorite place in Nashville? You got a favorite there? Um shoot, Jeff Ruby's is one of my favorite. They oh, have their raw bar. Their raw bar is amazing. It's so good. That's probably my, you know, if there's one restaurant that you know where I'm gonna you might see me at, it's definitely gonna be Jeff Ruby's. I love and that place. Braga's good. This I forget what this was called. It's like one of the it's one of the uh, cooks that used to work at Braga's has this out in Franklin, and our friend she comes and hangs out with Summer, so she brought us a bunch of sushi. We had a good time eating it last night. So are you a are you a California roll fried shrimp and cream cheese guy, or do you like the raw slabs of meat with little as rice as you can, and you don't need a whole bunch of soy and wasabi on it? You like the raw fish effect of sushi, or are you more a California sushi eater with the rolls and the and the uh, fried and stuff like that? A little bit of both. I mean, some of that raw stuff's really good. <clears throat> um, I, what did I order last night? I don't. I don't remember. It was good. I just start. I just eat, man. You got. It's like when you're working, you know, whatever shows up, it's kind of like hunting. Whether there's food, you just eat it. Yeah. Know? Everything but. seems to taste better when you're out in the woods like that or working on a farm. You just, I mean, it don't matter if it's a bologna sandwich. You can put bologna on white bread with mustard and it's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny how much you don't eat when you have things to do out in the, out in the wilderness or the woods or, or uh, you know, you just got things on your mind, which has been, been great. But I still wake, I, I work out at 10 every day. Whether it's getting up early and then parking the equipment, changing into gym gear, and then working out, and then get back on it. <clears throat> I love it, man. It, it, is you have big aspirations of adding more land to these pieces? We'll see. I mean, there's a nice, there's there's nice properties around it, but yeah, I'm just focusing. There's a lot of trees. There's a lot of trees in Tennessee. I mean, just so many trees. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. if I wanted to split wood the rest of my life, I could do it on that 40 acres. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to stay in shape. What, what's been, I want to talk about one of the highlights of what I assume is one of the highlights of your career, which you've had a lot of them lately through hard work. Talk to me a little bit about Garth last year and that whole, I remember he put you on his, his Instagram, you're at Studio G and he announces you, I think you were going to be the opening act in Knoxville. Is that correct? 
Yep. How how was that? I mean, I mean that guy's legend, right? I mean, he's almost like a mystique. Like you don't, I've never got to meet him. I've never, I've seen him live on concert. But is is Garth as badass as he comes across in real life? And what kind of what kind of like energy did you have that night being on that stage? Well, Garth as a person is so cool. He's so fun to talk to, and it's like he's got that you know, like you said, the mystique thing. But it's like when you're talking to him, you have to remember you're talking to Garth Brooks because he gets really, it's like, it's like a normal guy. Like, and he's like so positive and, you know, he, he's got his Garth ways, you know, you can always kind of tell, but, um, man, he's, he's really talented and he's a great guy to talk to. And he, dude, he could slang cars. No problem, dude. That dude is a salesman. I watched it from him, like pushing tickets to the show. I was like, you just watch him. You're just like, man, he's got he, he can he can slang it out there, man. Gift the gab, huh? Well, yeah, but it's, but it's the same way in his concerts. You know, like you get you watch he, he talks. He's just got he's got presence. <clears throat> and that night in Knoxville, we played. Man, we had it was eighty four thousand people when we started. Oh dang! And it was awesome. But you could tell it was so cold. You could tell that it took the toll on Garth. He ended a little early that night. I mean, it was, it was in the forties and that's just not fun playing music um, outside. Was there, was there a different amount of stress or pressure on you as a performer? I mean, you've been with Dirks, you've been out on the road with Alan Jackson. You've, you've, you've headlined your own tours. You've sold out theaters and this is 84,000 people in a football stadium. And quite arguably the number, he is the number one selling artist of all time over the Beatles, over Michael Jackson. Like he owns all these records. Is there any added pressure to you to go out there? Or do you just go out there with your band and do your thing? The only pressure that was added at that stage is so big. I mean, it's a huge stage. I was like <clears throat> running around, going back, you know, doing the circle. And that was, you got to be in shape running around that stage. <laughs> yeah, but it. other than that, it was, just, you know, the fans were there and it, the energy was there. It's like when you're on stage and you just feel the energy, everybody's there to have a good time and, and everybody wants to hear music. That's like the most peaceful thing to have on stage. How, how hard has the transition been, Party? Like, when I first met you, you you were in my booth at NWTF and you were singing the song that you were getting ready to release. It was on your first album on um, I'm Always Picking Up What I Can't Put Down. And you sang it, your good buddy, Leith Lofton, who's a mutual mm -hmm. friend of ours. I met you through Leith Lofton and Bobby Johnson. Take take me through it a little bit. And I know you don't, I, I don't want to really like go into your entire career, but man, you you've become a, a, like a superstar and you're still way down to earth. And I know how humble you are. You're a great dude, but you were like on, on this, on this track, this ladder climbing up. Do you think about it? Or is it just another day on the farm for John party? I know that you can't sit here and say, I knew it was going to happen. I know this was a goal, but th there's so many thousands of people that moved to Nashville and do what you tried to do. I mean, try to do what you're doing. It, how, how do you, what, what's going through your head as a person? Like, is this really happened? You have to pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah, I just focus on what got you there and what got you to Nashville, you know, with that drive, really. And and, and what, why did you get, you know, this blessing to be heard and focus on that, you know. The things I brought to the table are different than other artists and it's, it's, it's something I focus on 
and it's something that's hard to talk about. Not like I don't want to talk about it. It's just hard to explain. It's like a style thing, you know, or, or anything that I can bring to the table that I like that I put through my system to make it sound like something I would like. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say is just, this is how, I, you know, everybody's going to sing their song this way, this way. And I'd be like, well, this is how I would sing that song. And so you kind of focus on that. And, and it's crazy, you know, and just, I think more than ever with the whole quarantine and concert stopping, it's, it's time to just look, you look back and be like, man, it was going so good. And now we're just right back to songwriting, you know, everybody's going to go back to writing songs and hope we can get concerts going. But, um, no, man, I, I love everything I've done. I, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at and it's, uh, definitely you pinch yourself you you sit you sit back and like damn i did that all in 10 years and it don't feel like it, it feels like four the flu and you have this you have this like when you talk about styles i'm thinking like right now on on country radio there's not a lot of guys that 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 have the cowboy the western cowboy mystique you you have a little bit of a mixture of a little bit of george a little bit of ledoux merle with the western cowboy bakersfield feel the dwight yoakam look with the wranglers the cowboy hat the george Strait, the wranglers the cowboy hat garth was always wrangler with a shirt like you're wearing tucked in the cover of the rodeo album a rope in the wind album with the big hit rodeo on it back in 92 93 like you're the only guy doing that it's like you 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 like bit that off and said, I'm going to own this. And I don't know if you did it on purpose and I know you're just being you, but like in the late nineties, you had the hat pack with, with the guys that were wearing the cowboy hats and the, in, you know, and the, the Mark chestnuts and the Tracy Lawrence's and stuff. And it's like, you're bringing that back in a way to where you have traditional sounding country cowboy music, but you have the sex appeal. You have like this thing that people want. The girls want it. The guys love the concerts, the high energy, the lyrics are there. I don't know how to explain this style. It's not, it's, it's not like a normal style of, of the songs that you've made. Number one hits are different than the type of songs that George made a number one hit. And it's like your own style that you own in this lane that nobody else is in with you. I don't know if that's fair to say or not, but that's the way it seems to me. Yeah, man, you're right. But, that's why I was telling, like, when I'm saying about you focus on what you got you there, you focus on what makes you different and, and, and own it and love it and embrace it because it's, um, I think artists, you know, that's what makes artists and everybody's, there's so many artists that they even Leaf, you know, he's got his own style. It's Leaf style. Every time Leaf plays, you know, it's Leaf. And it's just like artists are artists. But you have to focus on what you want. What would you want your fans or what would you want to put out on the radio? And that's really what I focus on. Because there's some artists to be like, I don't know what to do. And for me, I, I took in my, you know, being from Northern California, all the hard work in the farms out there. I mean, we made, we didn't grow up on a farm, but damn, we worked on them. You know, it's like, it's like, hell, I, shit, you couldn't afford a farming Northern California is expensive. Like it's yeah. really high priced land out there. And it's just, but I, I had buddies at cattle ranches and, and learned so much. And you just kind of where I'm from is like, you forget how awesome it is. Cause I've been in Tennessee for so long, you know? And, but I never forgot where I was from, but, um, that was just very Western, 
we're a blue collar cowboy, redneck. I mean, rappers, you know, everybody, we're close to Bay Area. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it was a whole, whole different thing. And um, I just kind of embraced all of that. But I guess that's kind of what the style is. But I, everybody, they see me on these Zoom calls and, and like Bobby Bones is for, he always makes fun. He's like, you always got your cowboy hat on. I'm like, what what's wrong I, I wear it at the house i mean it's sunny outside i got my damn hat on i mean it's full of mud i mean it's not like yeah they, i um, mean it's a real deal <clears throat> it's not like i'm just wearing it because i'm on the you know i'm on the zoom because i i'm sorry i've been outside <laughs> yeah what do you what do you expect me to look like at my house <laughs> well I, I think i think that it, it almost is a question of what if bobby bones who had you know he's a, an amazing radio host but I think it is is kind of like, is it a mystique? Is Garth Brooks really that guy on the front of that rope in the wind? Well, Garth Brooks might not have won an NFR title or a PBR title, but he ran with going to rodeos in Oklahoma. I mean, the world championships used to be held in Oklahoma City. Chris Ledoux later became good friends with Garth because of that, that respect that Garth gave. Like, Garth literally probably built Chris Ledoux's career when he sang God Bless Chris Ledoux, and he would say it in concerts, and he'd, like, break and be like, God Bless Chris Ledoux, and the crowd mm. would go nuts, and then all of a sudden, they're on a duet with $5 Fine, and or a duo with $5 Fine, and, and I was a huge Ledoux fan, and I've never rode a horse, John. I've never saddled a horse. I, I almost don't even wear a pair of Wranglers to a rodeo because I respect cowboys and the cowboy way too much to be that guy that just puts them on for rodeo week. And that yeah. people say, well, you're wrong to think that way, Chad, because if it gets them into the culture for a week and lets them get in there and I'm always well, like, man, I just respect the Western lifestyle. I, I grew up in it. I, I never was on a horse. I love to hunt. I love to fish. I'm in the mountains. I'll chase a cougar all day long with hounds. I just was never on a horse. Um, but I think when they're, when Bobby Bones says something like that to John Party, it's almost like, is John Party a character? Because nobody can, nobody's doing it. Nobody has that image going on right now. And I like to see it because it's real to me. It's like there's a touch point there of the Ledoux's and of the Merle's and the Dwight's. Like Dwight Yoakam is one of my favorite performers of all time right like and i just he always had the cowboy hat on but to you it's it's the lifestyle it's the culture of the american cowboy the rancher the the mending fences and being up early and working on farms and living that lifestyle and i think that some people have a disconnect to that because nobody owns that lane anymore and i don't know if tracy lawrence uh, you know lived that lifestyle i don't know if, i know chestnut was a, a western country singer but you actually live the lifestyle right you're you're living the rodeo lifestyle and you're living you're living it daily so i kind of think that there's a disconnect with guys like maybe bobby bones that might not think that it's real no i know about bob he just likes busting. i don't mean bobby specifically i'm just <laughs> talking about you know in general I, I think in generic they think maybe i'd be like chilling in with my, i don't know with the ball cap or sweatpants on but i mean the main part of this 40 acres is we've been clearing it out in Hopefully we get back to work here and I'm going to put fence in. I want to get some cows and have a little cattle ranch out there. And Summer wants her Highlanders. She wants Highlander cattle. She wants big, fluffy Irish cattle. <laughs> I'm going to get her a couple of them. But uh, for the most part, it's it's been clearing land to plant grass and, and, and the, even the soybeans and stuff it's for deer. And um, But yeah, this is something to do now. But uh I can do it, you know. What are you doing? Do you still do you still enjoy the entire spectrum of 
do you like going out on the road still or do you, do you rather be there doing or is it a fine balance right now of being the, the John party on stage or being do you like coming home way more and spending more time there? Is this quarantine got you missing it big time? Does that make sense? You know, like, is it a fine balance to where you love the road and being on the stage and the fans, but now because you have the property and, and you're building this property, is it hard to be away from it? Nah, you know, it's not that big a property. I tell that a lot of people like, Oh, it's, it's pretty big. It's like, it's not that big. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you've been to Honey Break. That's eighteen thousand acres. That's that's a big ranch, you know. It's like a lot of that. Now that would be hard to take care of. And I, I specifically got these little, you know, parcels of land, so it's not a burden on me. You know, I can go on the road and come back and have a good balance. And I miss being on the road. I miss coming home and then getting back to work. You know, because it's you can take care of forty acres. And now I just have more time. So I'm trying to get in there and get it cleared out. But I miss being on the road, man. But I will say the quarantine and just kind of stopping everything has really got me back to really focusing on me, really, you know, and because it was so shit. April was going to be so busy, dude. We were flying all over the place. I mean. I was gone for four weeks and then the, the virus hit and kind of shut everything down. And it's just been, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's been a bummer, but it's definitely kind of got, gave me a little reset really, which was cool. Cause I got, I was, I was going hard there getting on the road, music videos and just, we, it was going to be a great year. Like we, this was the year we're doing my own thing. We're headlining. It was just so much, it was going to be so much fun. You know, like this past weekend was stagecoach and I love stagecoach. I haven't played in three years and I was just so looking forward to it. It's one of the best country music festivals ever. And when it gets going back again, everybody listening should totally go. It is so awesome. But it was a bummer to just, we did the stage couch. It was super cool. They did that, but like, damn, it was just. I just didn't start bringing back stagecoach, man. It's just so fun, you know. And you miss the festivals, you miss the concerts, and that was supposed to be all year. But um, it's definitely been a perspective, and and, and just kind of let's just put it, everything we took for granted is now a whole lot more effective when we're going to go out and do it. It's like, man, you didn't think you were going to miss concerts. Concerts happened all the time. You didn't think you are going to miss going out. Um, no, I mean, I feel like everything we took for granted, like, you know, not, not in a bad way. We just, like, never thought, you know, country concerts or concerts or barbecue festivals or anything, big crowd would just, you can't go, you can't do it, you know, and, and like stage coaching, you know, stage coaching postpone and such a good time, you know, and it's really, um, it's just, you think about it, you know, you think about it and it's, I know it's going to be awesome. When we all get through this, but damn, it's been tough. It's been tough. Just not getting on that stage. It'd be like if they took hunting away from you, 
Oh, I know, and I'm scared of it. I mean, people lost hunting this spring. I mean, I canceled several turkey hunts of not traveling, and Nebraska wouldn't allow non-residents. Kentucky wouldn't allow that. I mean, it just got, you see, like, what I, I completely agree with what you're saying, parties. Like, we we go through it, and we live so hard, and we live so fast, and it's a hunt here, and then we're in a new town, and then I'm, at, I'm with Drew at Honey Break, and I leave there, and I go straight to the flooded timber of Arkansas, and it's just another duck hunt. And then when it's gone, you're like, Man, just just to see Miss Shelley and eat squirrel with Miss Shelley and talk with her. Oh, is, yeah. And, and, and like it's like we take it for granted because they're our family and you can get a hold of them like this so easily. But when you don't have that face to face and that feel good fire and all of that camaraderie, man, I'm just sitting here going, man, how blessed are we? to get to do that and slow down, pump the brakes. And I hope that when I go back out and we're, we're back on the road and we're doing what we're doing, I hope that I still kind of slow down to process it because your life's going to gear back up. It's going to speed back up and you're, you're going to have more number one hits. You're going to have more sold out arenas. And then you just got to like slow down and breathe and be like, man, people would die to do this, man, to be in quarantine every year, man. Yeah. Every year just to get (laughs) that's true. It's gotten me back on track of who I am and my fatherhood with my daughter. And and this homeschooling has taught me like what's going on in a kid's eyes. And now you'll appreciate this party. And I want to talk to you about this being from where you're from, but we, we just started this initiative with Traeger grills and um, a waterfowl company out of Chico Chico and, um, we're, we're you 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 lose you know you lose part of your revenue your stage guys that are that are out on the road these roadies and these grips and the guys that that do a lot of the load of work that make your job easy right they're out of work and we take that part for granted that these adults are out of work but what about these kids so we've teamed up and we're going into all these 4H fairs and all these FFA Future Farmers of America fairs and we're putting together we're putting together buying groups and we're going to go in because these kids got $1,300 to $5,000 wrapped up in a steer, a pig, a sheep, chickens, and they got no fares to show them at, you know, the responsibility, yeah, the showmanship, auction, you know? no auction. So there's no buyers, all these farmers and ranchers in Northern California, all the way from Modoc County down to Susanville and Alturas and that whole area down to where you're from. They look forward to going to these, these, these fairs and supporting these kids. I mean, one fair last year made $1.4 million. So now what we want to do parties, we want to go in and say, Hey, through Traeger, through foul life, through Merlot and, and California waterfowl and guys like John party, let's buy a pig and let's donate it back to a firehouse or to a homeless shelter or to feeding the home. Or let's put together a dinner where we go and feed, feed, feed some first responders where we pull up after the quarantine and feed a bunch of doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners. So now we're trying to give back to these kids. Cause if they lose that confidence of showing those animals and getting that check and that picture with that farmer, like your dad would be one of those guys down there. Hey, I bought this pig and you take a picture of the kid. Boom, they're losing that. So we want to go in and say, hey, don't lose your confidence. Let's sell these animals. Put the money back in your parents' pocket and they're not out anything. And then we can use that meat to donate back for a good cause as well. And I thought that you would be one of the guys of, of farming and ranching that you could go, yeah, man, I'd like to get in that. You know, it's something that not to hang your hat on per se, but something to not even raw, raw. It's more like these kids need it right now. And all we're thinking about is the revenue lost by us, but these kids are losing it too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the fair the fair circuit, as he would say, is coming up. You know, it, it's all across the country. Uh, you know, I'm from Dixon, California. We went to high school. They got the Dixon Mayfair. I mean, we look forward to the Dixon Mayfair every year when I was in high school. It was like, that was our jam. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fair. Yeah. Getting all kinds of trouble. Just, you know, do stupid things and blah, blah. But, like, the 
4-H, the whole thing with sheep and, and, and cows and pigs, it was all a big deal for the students. And, you know, they got off, they got out of high school early, you know, to go to the fair and set up everything. And, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure May Fair is not going to happen this year, but, you know, and like I said, it's, there's not going to be an auction and, and stuff. I'm trying to, I think something crazy. I, I remember this girl sold this pig for like $21,000 to some crazy thing back at the Mayfair. When you were talking about, the, we were talking about the auctions and stuff, but uh, yeah, no, that's super cool. You're doing that. But yes, it is a thing too. You don't think about. Yeah. And but you just, the fairs are going to be really, really uh, hit by this. Uh, man, we were, I mean, we we're playing fairs all year this year, like <laughs> fairs and festivals. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's like, we're a headline. I mean, maybe we get to August something. We're hoping August. I'm hoping August we can get back and, and uh, at least do some concerts. But um, yeah, they're they're definitely. I, I'd be jumping on that man. That's really cool. Yeah, and I th- I just think it's a good message, and I think that these kids need it. And I just I just kind of see your lifestyle ingrained in that Western lifestyle. And 4-H is big. I mean, Drew, our friends at Honeybreak are big with the 4-H. And yeah. It's just something to where we feel that we can give back and get more people on board and get some of this money replaced because these families, they're out that money, man. They they ain't got a way to replace it, and they a lot of them go take out small time, small you know, short term loans to get that animal purchased in the first place, and then to be able to raise it. But so, what are you? What is going on with the album? You 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 put your first single. Has some of that been put on hold? Has radio been put on hold too, or is it is it business as usual in country radio and the singles going to getting out there? I think um, country radio at some of the stations were going, but they had to, you know, they really couldn't all show up to the stations and stuff, kind of keep their space, but they could do it from home. I think a lot of it went from home, but yeah, it's, it's, it took effect on everything. But I mean, the only thing that's not being affected is listening to music. You know, everybody's at home playing, playing Alexa or, you know, playing whatever they want. They got, I mean, it's not, I I joked about like, damn, what if we were still in the blockbuster days, you know, like what would we be doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Couldn't go to blockbusters. We couldn't go get DVDs and rent, you know, but now we can stream and, you know, got Netflix and it's the same with music. So everybody can just listen, you know, everybody's listening to music more. I think more than ever, if they're at home or, or working, you know, it's not, um, and you can't go to the concerts. So more, <laughs> more listen to music, but, so what about by the industry? Is there a slowdown? Like Heartache Medication, the single, the first single off the new album, it went number one, right? Mm. It went number one. So has there been a slowdown of a, the next single going to radio? Or are they trying to strategically place that? Or is it a good time to release a single to radio right now with everybody listening? No, I mean, music, the radio and, and everything's listening. You got your distance on you, know, social distancing on listening. But yeah. uh, no, I, I ain't always the Cowboys. My new single, it's uh, at 35 right now. So it's, oh, it's on the climb and, um, and it's been great. It's, uh, it's been, it's been a little tricky, you know, a little slower because of the virus and people got to deal with, with work issues, but it's been fine. And I think putting music out right now is what people need really. Um, something new to listen to something new to, to grind, you know, get on the grind here. Um, and we're working on a little EP. We're going to do the heart medication deluxe and we're going to try to put that out. And it's working on that. And, um, so yeah, but I think music listening wise is 
much people are ready you know they they need something different um it's just uh the music business is definitely on a, is feeling it you know i think even halving the audience is going to be hard and stuff when it comes to concerts and it's just going to be a different way of life for a couple of years. But when it comes to playing music on the radio, if you get played on radio, there's still rock, but you got streaming too, you know? Yeah. So are you with this deluxe album, are you putting on like three or four new songs that are going to accompany the original heartache medication album? Yeah. I don't even know. I, I haven't told anybody. So, <laughs> might not be able to air that part <laughs> might be able to say that but you know yeah it's gonna be five songs <laughs> it's gonna be five songs yeah i uh so what is what is going on with your ability to be out on the road and it being it, as far as like wrangler and the hats and all of those with my sponsorships it's a lot of uh, uh just you know just a lot of maintenance one of your biggest assets is being able to wear that hat with those wranglers in the video and on the stage and seeing that lifestyle does that start to get effect or does are these companies like they're like big picture vision like they know the future is going to be bright with john party and there's no issues there no nah, wrangler me and wrangler type man and american hat I'm with uh, American Hat Co. They're awesome. Or it's Best Hat Co. out of Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, and American Hats out of Houston. And, and but it's all they're great hats. If anybody likes cowboy hats, check out American Hat Co. But um, no, all the sponsors are good. We're gonna, you know, everybody's our job as people to everybody that's tuning in to listen to music is like we're gonna get through it. It's it's gonna take some time, but it, things are gonna get back to normal. It just may not be this year. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see it get, you know, this year, but yeah, I'm positive and optimistic too that they are gonna get back to normal. And it's it's kind of one of those things to where once it's like we were touching on, once it's taken away from you, you're like itching to get to another concert. But the mindset of most Americans are are we being drilled in this fright so deep that we're gonna be like, whoa, you know, we're we don't want to be at a concert right away, you know? And I it's it might take a couple of years of trickle down effect, like you're saying, for everybody to get the confidence and get comfortable again going to that type of event. I don't know, man. If it's like the beach, the beaches are full. Are they? I I saw uh um Florida well, opening back up. In Malibu, that was just packed people. And then in Jacksonville, they opened up the beaches in Jacksonville. It was just slammed. So I think I think the rowdy crowd will be ready. But we all have to still in that have some kind of uh, awareness. Yeah, I agree 100%. So what is life like now for John Party when you're at home? Give me an idea of if you open up your Traeger. Do you cook on a Traeger, John? Do you have? I know you have one. Do you cook on it quite a bit? I need to clean the 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 little grill uh, the part of it kind of gets full of gunk the auger yeah i i, I got i it is a deep clean but i've cooked <laughs> on enough to i need a deep clean it, it can't get over 385 but it needs to get a little hotter but i just need to clean it do you know which model you have man that traeger hooked up they i love traeger i love their stuff they gave me the big guy it's a big it's a big one does it have the wife the wi-fi on it and the app and you can run it from your phone no, I didn't get that one because I thought that was too complicated. No, you I tried need to get it. With the old timers that smoked back in the day, they didn't have all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you're out on your tractor all day. You need to know that you you know need to know if you're, you run out of pellets and shit. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, got, I, know, I know. We we got to get you one coming with the Wi-Fi on it, but one that you don't need to clean as much either. But yeah, it's they're important to keep them clean after every three or four cooks. But what yeah. are you a, are you a traditional Texas barbecue guy? I know that I know that you play in Texas a lot, but California, they, they, there's a lot of barbecue in California. What are you a barbecue guy or are you a steak guy? What's your main? Man, I will take tri-tip all day. Isn't it funny I, how they don't have tri-tip out there man, in Tennessee they, a lot? Well, it's they're still there. I went. We had the Super Bowl. We were going to cook because the Niners were playing. We were cooking tri-tip out here. We found two tri-tips. And it, and that was the last one. They were all sold out. So they, it is here, but it's not like, it's not like you know, you can't go to the restaurant and get a tri-tip sandwich, you know. Uh, but it's so good. It really is, especially like, like, it's funny how states are different. You know, you go to Texas, brisket. We're cooking brisket, you know. And you yeah. go, you go to uh, California's like we're cooking tri-tip. You come out to Tennessee and run the south, like we're cooking pork in you know Carolina. Yeah. We'll say some of the best pork I've had was in Carolina, but um, it's just different. But like I think tri-tip's a great cut. I mean, it's a, it's a great cut of meat, and um, definitely I'm getting more learning how to get cooked. But Summer is a fantastic cook, so I'm lucky on that part. She's badass, and Ian. Is it um, is it cocktails or does Summer and John open a bottle of wine when it is a cocktail? Is it Tennessee whiskey? Is it vodka? What do you mainly What do you mainly like to sip on? Well, right now, uh, since I'm home all the time, I have a kegerator full of Michelob Ultra, my favorite. I don't care. Everybody's like Chick Ultra or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't. You know, I'm not down in hardcore uh, brew beer here. That's all. Well, this is uh, I like ultra percent alcohol, and it's real thick. You have six of these and be hammered. Well, I don't feel good. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, okay, let me ask you along the same lines. Then, have you had one of the cheerleader yeah. beers yet? The seltzers? Do you like the seltzers? Have you had a Bud Light seltzer yet? I haven't had a Bud Light seltzers because I'd rather have Tito's. Vodka are you soda. are you a vodka that. guy? Yeah, it's. Vodka's been good. I love Tito's, man. Tito's been great. Um, I do like some. I do like me some Jack Daniels. I know you're a big sponsor of this, but their single barrel Jack Daniels is awesome, and I love the Frank Sinatra Jack Daniels. Oh, I you love heard Frank the, the Frank one. He said, yeah. that, I guess it was like how when they first started, that's what it was. He kind of stuck up for Jack Daniels, and that's yep. it's actually really good. Yeah, I've, I've I got a, I have a bottle of it right now. I haven't opened it yet, but I. Uh, I've been. I like. I like a Jack Daniels kick, and I like a little red wine once in a while. For you being from where you're from, I would think that you do like a little red wine with steak once in a while, don't you? Oh man, I love. I got all kind. Of, we got Jordan Camus. Jordan Winery's been really cool to work with on socials and stuff. Um, they send me some wine and, and uh, Camus Silver Oak. I Boda Box. Don't be hating on no Boda Box. Boda Box is good. <laughs> is I it? still got. I still got. Box right here. <laughs> Boom. Well, look at oh, that. It's a hunting, this is a hunting wine right That's here. That's a hunting wine right there. Yeah. Put that in the truck. You're good to go. It's a great you name. Wine too. comes in a box in the back. Yeah. But a box. So <laughs> are, are you, uh, do you like white wine ever? Yeah. No, I, I drink, I'll drink some uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Grigio. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about a couple personalities just to get your opinion on a couple people. What is it about Bobby Johnson that makes him so contagious as a person as far as 
Is it just his overall demeanor of, of sweetness? Like he's just a sweet man. Like he is a badass human being. What do you, what do you, how did you develop such a strong bond with Bobby Johnson? Why did, why was it so easy? Cause y'all are close. You, you and Bobby are close. Bobby Johnson is a great person. He's a sweetheart and he'll tell you like it is. He loves to hunt and he's funny. I mean, he is hilarious. And we used to play at Losers back in the day before Losers was even really cool in Nashville. And we loved it because it was kind of a dive bar. Still is, but it's, you know, Losers is kind of packed now. But, um, man, he's just been great. I mean, him and Leith have been some of my best friends I met in Nashville. And they're just funny and, and fun to be around. And it's they're just good, good dudes. Okay, and Leith Lofton. As far as like people hearing his music and it getting out there, are you a fan of his music, his songwriting, his talent, and what's going on with it? With you know, why can't an artist like that break? Is it just being in the right place at the right time, or do you did you think coming up that Leith had a chance to be, you know, a, you know, right going along the same avenue that you did as far as getting out there to the masses? Because and I know, and I'm not saying that Leith's even trying, but his music to me is strong. Do you see his music the same way? It's strong. It's it's very leaf, you know, and and I, his new album's great. He, he's very he talks. He's very he puts it out there like what he wants to write. It's right in your face, you know. And shit, I mean, he's he's like a, I call it a head scratcher. You know, I don't never I don't know why nobody jumped on leaf. I don't own a record label, you know. It's right. like I, it's like, and it's just kind of like. You just kind of step back and be like, I, you know, I don't know why this isn't happening. Who but, are you? Who are you fans of, John? Who do you like that's in the country radio? Who's what country artist do you like today? I, I, I assume that your influences are the Merles. I don't know this for sure, but I would say Merle. I would say Dwight Yoakam. I mean, who are your influences and who do you like today? Man, I mean, I like, shoot, I like everything, you know, I listen to everything, uh, even you know Thomas. Thomas is on the poppy side, but like a, a lot, a lot of his stuff. He's a gr- great songwriter. Like that. Remember you, young is really well written. Um, stuff, you know. Just all, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much. There's so much I listen to. Um, Larry Fleet's coming out. He's a new guy. You should check out Larry Fleet. He's really good. Um, I like Larry Fleet. You know Larry. Larry's awesome, man. And. Um, Hell, I mean, shoot, I thought Sam Hunt, Sam Hunt's album's all right, but he has that 2016 song that's really good, and I think he's still one of the best singers in the in the genre. He just kind of has his Drake style and, and kind of like the... Talking a lot. Kind of, but he's got a great voice for talking, too. Yeah. Um, what was the song that was hit big? It was Body... Uh, body Like Bo- a Back Road. Body Like a Back Road, big. big. He's had a lot of big hits. Um there's there's so many. I mean, Luke Bryan, Dirks. I mean, everybody. I, mean, I listen to everything. It's it's. Uh, Do you like Brent Cobb? Down, Do you like Brent Cobb? Brent's great, man. I uh, dude. I'm not. I I don't know why he changed the, the digging hole song. Went, well, the original. I'm gonna be working on coal mine, but that first version. You ever that first version? Oh man, yeah. I don't know why he went all disco, and he. I I just don't. Do you know what I'm saying when I say disco it was like really fast? Yeah. Like what was wrong with kind of like kind of like what kind of like what Leith did with Wingman on the new album? Well, I 
I mean, hey, I'm not saying it. I don't think. But I'm like, just saying I love it too, but it's different from the original. The original yeah. was more slowed down like the original Digging Holes was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I love Brent. I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all awesome. Um, I haven't got to listen to Drake's new album, but he's putting a new album out too. He's right got there. a song that Larry Fleet does on there. That, is that, it Larry's? Because I was wondering. Well, I don't it, know if Larry whiskey. wrote it, but he sings it. It's about whiskey, about uh, mixing yeah, mix wi- whiskey. Yeah, it's the same song. Oh, man, man. Yeah, I think Larry wrote that. Oh, I did he? I, that's Larry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who wrote it, but I know that it's on Drake's new EP. And it's I like the EP. I like that song the most on it. Mm-hmm. And Fleet does it good, too. I, I, I've been listening to a lot of your new album. I've been listening to Brent Cobb. I like Channing Wilson stuff. He's yeah. a, I don't know if anybody on here has heard of Channing, but he's got some good stuff. And I like Adam Hood. I think Adam Hood's got some good shit going on, too. So, man, Adam's always said that. So, Alabama soul. Yeah. Him and Drake. Yeah, they do. They kind of they do have that Alabama soul. And as far as influences go, was I right with Yoakum and Merle, or am I off on those influences? No, Merle all day. Um, Dwight Yoakum. Dwight Yoakum introduced me to Merle Haggard and Buck Owens. Not like personally, but listening to music. And um, definitely uh, Alan Jackson, George Strait, Hank Williams Jr. As as, as much as I like. Li- kind of let, listen back to what my grandma listened to like Hank Williams Jr. was a big big uh push on me like family tradition um what is no I mean not just so family many but like there's so many um old habits I like I was like all my rowdy friends settled settled down <laughs> I love you know like song. Hank Williams Jr. It's like if he comes up with a song or he has an if he has something in his life, he turns it into the perfect song. Yeah. Like all my rowdy friends have settled down. Yeah. It's like he was there. He was there. Blues man. Oh. I mean, he, it's like he was there. He lived that song. Yeah. And like yeah. and like how he dated the outlaw woman. When he wrote when that song Outlaw Woman, when I hear that song, I'm just like Outlaw Woman is so good. Oh, it's he's so like, good. He like had to know her, right? Like that was his girl. Like he had to like he had to be there. I mean, could you imagine like at a bar and you're like, hey, I got a new song. She works at the bank and she works. It's like so good. Oh my gosh. It's so and he he almost came across to where like I got I had a, a big fascination with him and then I kind of got out of him because he wasn't really in that outlaw genre, like big big time like Waylon and Willie and the out and the highwaymen and all that. And he wasn't really Merle. And then when you go back and talk to artists like you and Brent Cobb was on the podcast and he said Hank Williams Jr. is the best of all time. He's his favorite country singer of all time, and he's the best there's ever been with singing, and he's so underrated in so many different areas that as songwriting and everything, but he's Brent Cobb says he's the best of all time as far as all around country western. I think Merle Haggard's the best of all time. You're take Merle. I take Merle all day. He's so awesome. Merle didn't sing naked women and beer. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Hank Williams went through his, like, I don't know, it was Blow or whatever, but he went through, like, some crazy songs, too, you know? It's yeah. Like, um, it's just, there was a point, I mean, he is a genius songwriter, like Hank Williams Jr., but there was a point that I was like, I don't know about this. That's kind of how I'm saying it. That's how I was. I kind of got off. And then when I talked to people, they're like, no, nah, he's the genius. But, like, Merle, like, his lyrics, I don't know, I, a lot of lyrics, like, that's the way love goes when he just starts it off with, I've been throwing horseshoes over my left shoulder for yeah. years. I couldn't figure out what that meant. 
I literally could not figure out what that meant. Like, does he have a whore in front of him and he's taking her shoes off and throwing them over? Or is it the actual horseshoe for good luck? I could never figure out what Merle meant by I've been throwing. Is it horseshoes or horseshoes? I never, I, I don't know. Like his songs were that like his songs were just so clever and witty. He's got so many of them, man. So man, many I, clever lyrics. I love uh, one of my favorite Merle's seeing me back home. Oh God. And it's just, if you read the lyrics on that, it's like, it's a poem. It's like, you know, he was, he was one, you know, he was awarded a poetic thing. And, um, I just think he's one of the best, best there was with songwriters that just sang their own songs. I mean, he covered other songs too, but, he had one, uh, and it is, he didn't listen to his older albums. I know a lot of people don't listen to the older albums, but like, it's really good. Yeah. I, I love, um, do you cover, do you ever cover Merle? And if you did, did you ever do the way I am? Yeah. I, I covered that one. Oh my gosh. The lyrics in that song about the cane pool and all the, like, mm. that's just life to me. <laughs> like that just, know, he didn't write that song, man. That was an old, I forget, a very old song. He didn't he, write that, huh? Yeah, he I didn't know that. It. it was a very old song, like I'm talking about, like 1940s or something. I saw a performance the other night. I'll let you go, John. I know that I'm, I know you're busy, but I'll. Uh, I saw a performance the other night on the Willie Nelson American Outlaw tribute show. And well, James- right, right, Willie Nelson, though, he's right there with Merle in my book. Another <laughs> great songwriter. Oh man, this song go all day about music, man. But they they had they had Jamie on there and Jamie did George on my mind at Bridgestone and I was like it was like a five minute standing ovation and I was just like it was him and Stapleton and Sta- oh Stapleton did some other songs but Jamie like to me is one of those guys that was is should have been back there in those days with those other songwriters like he's one of my favorite I think he's great man I say this about Jamie all the time it's like he needs to put out an album this is his time Stapleton's out there owning it and so could jamie i mean jamie and chris stapleton are probably the two best country voices we have of modern era and he i mean it's it but i i keep hearing rumors he's writing he's you know Me too. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear a jamie album up pretty soon but i don't know i can't i can't confirm that but i, w- I would only hope because even that song the album he did of covers when he had a bunch of people singing with them was so good so know? good so good. He's one of the best. Um, what would it be? Would you would would you want to write with Jamie? And would you want to be on tour? Would would that be a good tour? Like, is that a good mix with John Party? That uh, a slowdown with you with him, and then you're up there doing your thing. Is that something that you see? Um, is is Jamie on that like that wavelength with you of of touring with or writing with? I played a couple shows with Jamie. I'd totally write with Jamie. Either either way, I feel like. This modern day that we live in, it's like we have we have a whole everything's right here. We yeah. can listen to anything. So our concerts could be that too. You know, we could have anybody you want that's different or not, as long as everybody gets along, you know, it's like um it's like you could have anybody that has the fan base come in there and mix everybody together because I feel like everybody listens to Jamie Johnson, they listen to me, they listen to anything, George Allen, or they'll go, then they can jump over to Sam Hunt, or like this whole, there's just so many spectrum that it's it's a big universe for country music, or even rock and roll and rap. It's like, everybody listens to everything, so I don't think there's no, well, he wouldn't go good with this guy, blah, blah, blah. All right. 
I got the wedding invitation. Thank you very much. And yeah. November. And is there a song picked out yet? Is there a wedding song? Is it I Love You by Jerry Jeff Walker? Is it, uh, it I don't know if it's like a hidden gem or have you, have you and Summer picked one yet? Oh, yeah. No, I got is it a it. secret? Is it a secret? Oh, you're going to do secret, it live. Secret stuff. Secret, secret stuff. stuff. Secret well, brother, stuff. man, I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to be your friend. I love how you hunt. I love how you fish and ranch and farm and live the lifestyle and your good voice for it. And man, my, uh, my daughter, like you, you just span out. My daughter's nine and she rocks it and I rock it. And I love it, man. I love the new album. It's like, you just keep getting like, how can you, how can you get better than the last album with three or four number ones? And now you're already, you know, you already got one on this one and the second one's climbing and it's just good shit, man. So congratulations, John party. Thank you, man. Hey, if you talk to Bobby and those guys about turkey hunting, they ain't been nothing, they ain't been getting nothing out here. They haven't. Turkey's been turkey hunting been hard. Really? Well, Bobby hasn't. Bobby's like, hey, man, you got a turkey hunting play? <laughs> I scared them all off with the vulture. <laughs> he, I, I thought he sent me a picture of one, but maybe I know Leith got one the other day with that Jared kid that's uh, moved out there from California. Have you met that uh, kid? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah he's, he's the one. Remember, we were, we were all at scoreboards. He asked, "Oh yeah, he's in the hunting." Hey man, you hunt much? True <laughs> Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> he, I think he's from the Chico area around Chico, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's got a good little song out that he sang for me during the NWTF. It was uh, about learning. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a uh, it was a good song. He's a good guy. So yeah, I, I I talked to Bobby the day before yesterday, and I didn't even mention turkey hunting to him. I was just talking to him about that show he did the other night with Leith. I don't know if you watched any of that, but I got good reviews on that. I've been uh, doing shit around here. I just, it's hard to tune in. You know, everybody's going live. Have you done it? Yeah, I did. You one. did the stagecoach, right? The stage couch. But have you done one on your own? And I did a performance about three weeks ago. How'd it go? Did you, you like, do you enjoy it or is it tough? No, it was great. It was great. We hit over a million views. Really? Yeah, no, it, it was, uh, I played 75 minutes. It was actually, uh, I had a lot of, of great messages coming in. It, it wasn't 22 minutes and went, and I just kept going. It was, it was so fun. I might do it again. We'll see. Why don't you have your guitar by you right now? So you can sing us out one. Why don't you? It's a good day to I, sing I a song. I don't right here, man. Well, why not? I'm a mechanic working on a tractor. All right. Well, next time you come on, I might have you sing a little, a little John Party tune. All right, man. Next Let's go. Time. Let's go hunting, dude. I'll uh, I'll stay in touch, and I appreciate everything you're doing, man. I'll uh, tell Summer I said hello, and have a nice little Wednesday, and keep day drinking, buddy. That's what I might do now. That's what I would. Hey, what's my favorite shotgun? What's my favorite shotgun? I can't say it on this show. I can't say uh, it on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know, buddy. I know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll text. I'll text you an update soon. I, I got, I got more wheels in motion. I always got wheels in motion, man. You know me. I'll I'm handling. It. I'm handling. All right. Tell your dad I said hello. Tell Summer I said hello. And I'll, if I don't see you before the wedding, I'll definitely see you in November. Bye, bud. Thanks, John Party. Later. That's been John Party. It's been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you guys so much for supporting the sponsors that support us. Jack Daniels, thank you for everything you do for us here at the podcast and for our brands. We truly appreciate the support and what Jack Daniels stands for. Lynchburg, Tennessee. I'm Chad Belding. Enjoy it responsibly. And if I ever see you out on the road, I'm going to have one with you. Tom, hit that button. This is a good friend of John Party's, Leith Lofton. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Appreciate y'all very much. If you got a roof up over your head, belly full of food and a nice warm bed, you are blessed, I know indeed.